Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, April 23rd, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts, reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas with you. We would love to share your experiences as well. Email us or better yet, record a one to two minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, high school sweetheart, college roommate. We want these <laughs> stories to be heard. And we feel that they, you know, expand larger than our own community. Just about everyone can relate to them. We're all in this together, right? Sharing these stories helps everybody feel a little bit closer during this time. Yes. Today, we're talking with Mike Lubickus, who is a partner at Hustle, which is a rep firm. Full disclosure, I've known Mike for years, since my Go Film days as a production manager. I've also worked with him when he was an EP at Mass Appeal. Solid dude, you know? Yes. And he had so many great things to say that we decided to turn this into a two-part episode. We're going to do part one today, and part two will be tomorrow, Friday. We had, we could have talked to him for four hours. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he came prepared yes. with a he lot did. of opinions, guys, he so did. it's worth yes. a listen. Yes. Christian, it's Thursday, end of week six, believe it uh, or not. How are you doing? How are you feeling? <sighs> you know, the roller coaster I've been on this week, uh, you know, interestingly enough, one of my concerns has been opening up too early, as we've discussed yeah. several times yeah. in all the work that we've done and room tone and all that shit that we've <laughs> talked about, right? <laughs> yeah. um, as much as we've talked about that, the guidelines and stuff and watching Europe and Wuhan begin to open, speaking with Revolver and what mm -hmm. they can, you know, and getting emails from companies I've worked with in Europe saying, oh, we can provide this. I think all of that combined with administration and different, you know, states who shouldn't be talking about it has allowed clients and agency to feel like we better start getting prepared. People are starting to reach, feelers are starting to come out to see, yes. you know, what do you think? And I know we've been talking about it for so long. I just feel like, are we really starting to plan to do filming in U.S.? And it sounds like people are. It sounds like people are. A friend of mine has been put on hold there in the art department mm -hmm. for June, middle of June. Right. And so, oh God, that's just, I mean, yes, listen, need the money. <laughs> need I the don't money. have, I don't have anything. I don't have the PPE. I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't no. have the unemployment. I, nothing, right? Nothing. So, um, yes, need the money. Yes, it's week six. So, okay, maybe we sh should be discussing this. But also, too, like, I don't emotionally understand myself right now. So I'm not sure what my, if my advice would be, I guess, diplomatically offered as I would have been able to before. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, what yeah. Are, how are you doing? I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, it was a, again another roller coaster week. We still have one more day to go. It's not over. <sighs> but um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Generally for myself, I'm good. I feel great. Yes. But you know, again, these big challenges ahead of us are daunting. Mm -hmm. Going back to work in the current environment feels daunting yes and a little scary 
I'm not worried about adjusting to whatever restrictions or, you know, we can figure that out. We're producers, but eh, I just, I don't know, you know, asking PAs to go out and pick up stuff. And I don't know. It's it's just an interesting hurdle. It's an interesting time. Um, I, I just don't want to get into a situation where client expectations are what they used to be. That's the, that's the kind of the the fear that I think I'm having as well. Right. And then, I'm putting myself in a position to be the moral guide uh-huh. to what we're doing because they're going to be remote. They're not traveling. They're not the yeah. ones being in danger. So me to have to explain that to them could become, I you know it's my job as a producer. Yep. It just, from my aspect, it could become like a redundant thing that gets old after a bit because a lot of it's common <laughs> sense, but in the end, you are the guide. Whatever, right. I get it, and and I think Christian maybe you're the event that, planner. <laughs> we're the event planner, yeah. yeah. I think now it's a new challenge: safety. We're going to be very strict on safety. We're the ambassadors, basically. We're the ambassadors of safety, uh-huh. and I feel like you know the potential for us getting challenged and like, oh, you're overreacting. It's not that bad. I'm worried that that's going to come into play. I'm con- equally concerned as you know. I, we may have touched on this before, but. The need for everybody to go back to work is huge. huge. So the compromises that the production company could be willing to make once the job is awarded could rest on your shoulders. But I just, I'm not sure that I'm ready to put myself in the position that I find myself arguing for exactly. what I think is the right thing to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing that I'm thinking. You know, you and I benefit too from discussing this for five and a half weeks and that we've been, we we've been playing out all the different scenarios yeah. how this could work how it should work what are the morals behind it all so i'm benefiting from that just from the sense of even speaking to production companies in australia europe whatever if you're gonna hire me and not take the research and advice that i have been working on for five and a half weeks now then is it worth it for me to to take the job morally Money-wise, yeah. you know, I just got to weigh the two of how desperate yeah, am I? Yeah, I know. Because we've seen no government assistance yet. Actually, I, I will say I did get a notice that I did get approved for my first week of EDB <gasps> money. Or first two weeks, I guess. First two weeks, yes. Ooh. So, Lawrence. So here's, <laughs> I know I'm still waiting for my phone call from the state to make yeah. sure that I am. But um, here's a question. So in addition to what the state gives here in New York, which is $504, if you, you know, it's just the most you can receive is 504 Yeah. Federally, you're, you qualify for $600 a week on top of that mm-hmm. until June 25th. I think is the end date on that. So I assume that money was given to the states and then that you'll just have a check for, or you'll get a deposit for $1,100. My notification, so the maximum you can get here from EDD, which is the California version, Mm -hmm. is $450 a week. So with the extra $600, it's $1,050 a week. I got a notification that I am (laughs) going to be sent $2,100 for the first two weeks. Holy shit. I mean, I'm sorry. I know it's not a lot of money, but it, right now, because we haven't made anything, I'm just like, that is a ton of money. I know. I know. I don't say this to to, to boast because I know there's a lot of people out there still struggling to get approved or get in the system or even figure out how it all works. Hopefully, we can find out more and more information and continue to share it with you guys. 
So I did get some information. We were talking about the PUA yesterday, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. You can start applying April 28th. It is like we said yesterday, if you have applied previously, and that's for people that are 1099 folks, right? Right. Independent Mm -hmm. contractors, self-employed, however you want to phrase it. Mm -hmm. That's a whole new system that takes care of those people. So I think a lot of the people are having trouble getting through our 1099 people. Somebody, I think it was Jacob who said he was on the Zoom call with the EDD and all the unions, and they said, that if you've already filed, you're going to get denied, hold tight. That just gets you in the system. So when the PUA becomes active on April 28th, we will continue the process and and push you through that system. So there is some information on the California EDD website, which I have a link to. A friend of mine posted it on Facebook. I'm going to share that in the show notes. But it's basically edd.gov, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. There's a whole website that explains it. So look that up, and hopefully that can help some people. Here's something I read, Christian, that is... uh, maybe a little bit happier. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. It's, it's, maybe. It's an article in Rolling Stones. I mean, it's not groundbreaking. It's stuff we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Even Ari in yesterday's episode mentioned this about live event companies shifting to help, you know, with, with yes. emergency and, aid and yeah, all that stuff. Such so a great idea. This morning, I saw this article in Rolling Stone. 100 live event communities band together to become pandemic responders. It's an organization called liveforlifec19.com. Live for Life is the name of the organization. The article says that when the coronavirus pandemic struck the live events industry Mm -hmm. and pulled all the concerts, sports games, and other mass gatherings out of action, three production companies gathered together. George P. Johnson, Exploring Inc., and Zarnowski which all specialize in production for large-scale events like music festivals and conferences. And they're normally competitors, but they band together to figure out a way that they could spend the downtime helping healthcare workers. They launched a a website on Monday, and by now Thursday, it's up to 110 that have band together to respond to this pandemic. They're (sighs) offering materials and manpower, 3D-printed medical devices, Mm -hmm. personal protection equipment, and building out large infrastructure for temporary hospitals. If you go on this Rolling Stone article, there's a video of a little temporary patient hospital room that they built, which is normally out of all the material that they'd use to build, you know, showroom booths or, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. (laughs) Sorry, I started laughing because I think when you said that, I thought immediately of cosplay, <laughs> which isn't going to happen, obviously. But right, I mean, turning right. it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything yeah. they've used from Comic Con. So yeah. all the nurses have to dress as uh, some sort of warrior. Steampunk. It's steampunk look, yeah. Or Japanese one the, anime. <laughs> one of the <laughs> things that they said, which harkens back to a conversation we had with Isaac Rothwell from the Live Events Coalition, one of the spokespeople for this organization said, they, meaning the federal government, they don't know about us. We are the biggest industry you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Their outreach was because they didn't hear anything from the federal government. No one knows what they do, right? So they just jumped into action and inserted themselves into this situation to to help. Uh, May I say, um, in reading the article, the Simonette who said, do we unwind it or does this just sit in the background and wait? So that's the other thing that's interesting is now we're starting to look ahead about, well, now what happens? Because once the need for all these remote hospitals and big tents and testing is done, live events aren't coming back quite yet. So there's going to be this strange lull, and they know that there's going to be more outbreaks. So they're starting to ponder, like you said, do we unwind it or does it all just sit in the background? They're hoping that they could be there again for more disaster recovery and pandemic recovery. Mm -hmm. And now they have a playbook. But it's like, do we just hold on to everything and wait for the next wave? 
because um, they're not going to be doing anything else really until <laughs> late next year. Well, really. I think that part of what's working against us, quote unquote, is our government's pretty sparse right now. There's a lot of positions that aren't filled. And yeah, so yeah. personally, I think FEMA is like overwhelmed. and st- So they're not able to think this far along. Not an excuse for them. Right now, yeah. I've noticed on several state websites that, hey, do you have a business that can help? Fill out this form. We'll contact you. So I think that it is on us, just like it was for when we saw the brands starting yep. to step up in the beginning saying, you know, like, we're going to shut down before you. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then stepping up is the solve because people like us can't sit on the sidelines any longer. Yeah. And I love that they're doing this because, you know, again, five and a half weeks in, I think that you've, I mean, this could sound a little harsh. You do your own, everyone, you do your own quarantine. Remember, that's the thing. I'm starting to feel though, like, okay, I've had my quarantine time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) May Uh not have done it the way that I secretly wanted to do it, which was speak to nobody and sleep on my couch all the time. (laughs) Right. But the ants in your pants situation that, you know, client is feeling, I'm feeling it too, because, you know, we're getting asked about it. We're seeing some stuff happen. And even though it's unrealistic, some sort of hope starts to build. It's just how your brain works, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these people going out and just fucking doing it, like, yeah. you know, we've been talking about, it's heartwarming. Yeah. It is good it is. news, Lawrence. Thank it you. It is. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get it on with our interview. But before that, on our website, producershappyhour.com, we have a page called Take Action. And on there, we've got a lot of resources and a lot of things for you to do if you want to voice your concern with things like New York City rents, Los Angeles rents adding your voice to the Live Events Coalition and to the Economic Impact Survey for Live Events. And there's also information there about how to apply for the relief. Even though it's defunded, it's going to come back. So get on it, learn how to do it, be ready for when the money's available. So I wanted to bring up something new for Take Action. And it's basically, we spoke about it a bit with Nico from Uh feelusa.org. One of his partners is Feed the Freelancers. And I've reached out to the founder. And I want to do a little bit deeper dive on that because nothing hurts my heart more than thinking about, you know, a freelancer right now after, you know, almost six weeks in not being able to feed themselves, especially, you know, the least paid people, parking PAs, PAs, you know, the list goes on. So I'm going to do a deeper dive on that. We're going to include the information on our site. But if there is a call to action where if you can please, you know, it seems that $25, if you have the extra, will send a bag full of groceries for enough food for a week to somebody. So I'll post that. It's $25 well spent. <laughs> so on to the interview. Yes, let's do it. Oh, fantastic. So Mike Lobicus is a partner at Hustle, a talent agency based in New York City and Los Angeles, representing the premier creators in the advertising industry. He connects an exclusive roster of directors, editors, designers, animators, music supervisors, composers, and experiential design collectives to advertising agencies, brands, and media companies across the globe. Mouthful. Mouthful. Lobicus expertise is well-established, having spent the past decade representing award-winning creative talent, most recently serving as EP at Mass Appeal, production company we both know, 
Libicus produced content for brands such as Nike, Patron, and Asus, while finding niche, direct-to-brand ways to elevate the studio's offering, including creating SoundCloud's first advertising campaign. Prior to that, as head of development at Tool, Lobicus was instrumental in leading a global development team, as proven by Tool's 2016 Palme d'Or win at Cannes. Let's take a listen. So, Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. Very excited about this. First, we'd love to check in on you, see how you're doing, how your family is doing. I know you have a small child. Oh, I've got two small children. Oh, two now. now. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah, we've been busy. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> You know, we're good. We're really, I think, really lucky. LA is a pretty decent place to be right now. The weather's good. We're safe. We've got food. Everybody's healthy. Good leadership. Um, So I I just, you know, yeah, we do it. We've got a a governor and a mayor that seem to be taking care of business and taking things very seriously, which is, is comforting. I think at the outset of this, my anxiety was like through the roof about it because it just felt like nobody was doing anything. And then, you know, once those guys started to step in and and I think Mayor Breed up in San Francisco has been fantastic oh, yeah. as well. You know, it's, it's comforting to know that, like, you know, we're like in the shit now and people are taking it seriously and doing things and doing all the things we need to do to, you know, get to the other shore of this thing. So but thanks for asking. We're we're in uh, we're doing all right out here. I, again, I feel really lucky. My daughter's still going to preschool over Zoom and uh, my son's <laughs> nice. six months old. So he has no idea what's going on. He's a little burrito. And uh <laughs> Yeah, we're like, we're, we're good. We're really lucky. And I think, you know, it's indicative of something. I, I think this is shining a really bright light on inequality. Oh. And, mm. um, you know, obviously, there are lots of people going through this, having a much harder time. And mm-hmm. I think that hopefully people are looking at that and looking at ways that we come out of this and put a little more protection in place. But I know this isn't a political podcast. So. <laughs> well, I mean, but that is, it, it, it's an important thing to say, because, you know, a, a lot of times we're sitting here talking about what to do with your time and how to be creative and how to, you know, re-envision film production. Meanwhile, there are people at home who can't buy groceries. So yeah, pointing that out, I feel we want to couch this show in that knowledge that right. we are in a fortunate position to be able to focus on our career and self-care, but there are people out there suffering and it's a really hard time. So our thoughts go out to those people. But I do want to ask you, you know, we've read a little bit of an intro about you, so we know your background, but what were you What were you involved in? What were you doing? What was your headspace before the pandemic, right before the pandemic kind of took hold? Gosh, I mean... <laughs> it seems like, <laughs> like three years ago, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, know. I feel like that's probably everybody's situation is we're all experiencing time a little differently now. <laughs> Gosh, it's almost like painful to talk about because mm-hmm. I think that you know, we had a whole different set of problems, but as far as the industry goes, Q1 was fantastic for us and, and our companies were really busy and we're working on all sorts of different projects. And I think people are starting to get creative around maybe doing some stuff for the election. And right. you just saw like, gosh, I, I think someone said like Facebook was going to do over a thousand commercials in 2020. It felt like there was just a resurgence of content work out there people staying busy, getting creative, you know, we're lucky enough to represent some people like Michelle Gondry and Darren Aronofsky, who I think are, are visionaries and auteurs. And they were kind of being given the keys to do some really interesting things by brands. And that's actually still been the case uh, over the past month and a half, I would say, but it's obviously much different. And I think it's, I think that it's changed the, who, who gets to work in this climate Mm -hmm. has, has really been squeezed. Because there's just like you, you guys see it like over the six, last six weeks, live action production is essentially dead. Not to be pessimistic about it, but like we just 
we haven't been able to do much beyond remote right. directing and mm-hmm. virtual directing and U- UGC and all these things. And experientials dead too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, but I think like what's been exciting to see is like some companies are really innovating around this. You know, I know some of the companies we work with, Media Monks, Tool, mm-hmm. Partisan, they've been giving presentations to agencies. Right. You know, how do you, how do you up this? How do you innovate this? You know, Paul Berganti over at Tool, he does SNL. So he's been directing live and running that show, kind of like a high wire act. And I think that's really good practice for, you know, doing sort of the type of production we're going to need to see over the right. next few months. Michelle and Olivier Gondry have been working on some projects with some some big brands that, you know, they're able to do that all at mm. home. And there's different ways to kind of like elevate these types of productions that we're doing. So, you know, it might be as simple as like, just like teaching someone at home how to like light themselves better, which obviously right. I haven't learned that. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, can't see. But, that hat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to shut out all the natural light. Um, but I, I think that people are innovating, and, and we're seeing people do more interesting things. There are things you can do, and I think people are learning from it and and, and pushing it further. And as things loosen, um, we'll see people, right? You know. Yeah. Up the ante a little bit. Exactly. And so I know I have gotten a couple calls for product shoots, trying to figure out how to do them and stuff, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, in the back of my head, not to begrudge myself work. Two things. A, I don't know if I'm, you know, the producer I can be right now emotionally. So I'm not sure, you know, if I would, you know, I would have to contemplate the job. But B, what fucking product's coming out? (laughs) That somebody can afford right now. But well, I think there's a, a new thing. iPhone, right? <laughs> that's a whole. It's a other really thing. cheap iPhone. Oh, no, exactly. Well, uh, so, well, that's only five hundred dollars. Of... <laughs> oh, oh, nice. <laughs> Real cheap. <laughs> oh, shit. What board traffic have you been getting? I mean, that was what I know that we briefly talked about this in a text. But it's just like, what are clients trying to do right now? Like, is everybody just a free for all? Yeah, I guess everybody's experience is different, and I think one of the big things you see is that like people want to move really really fast and yeah. they're tr- and and they can't because things just take a little extra time right now and mm-hmm. if you want to do animation yeah. i think a lot of people are relearning that process and it's like you need at least 6 weeks to really right. do anything that's going to be you know high craft and meaningful so i think that you know there's this sort of log jam where like agency and brand want to move really fast but and, and aren't giving themselves enough time but at the same time like creative vendors need to know how to make things really simple and move really fast. So I think where that's leading is that agencies and brands are just picking up the phone and calling like two people. They're calling the people that they know they work really well with, that they trust, and they can move really fast. So a lot of the conversations that our companies are having are with their sort of existing client base and expanding new business right now isn't really as possible as it's been in the past, let's just say. So Boardflow, I think it varies just company to company. The companies that were had a lot of longstanding relationships before are staying really busy. And, you know, those companies that maybe had like one or two really busy repeat clients, if those clients aren't doing work, which right. is a lot of clients right now, mm-hmm. then, you know, they're pretty, pretty slow. Boardflow wise, like, I think the last six weeks have been all about brands trying to figure out what their message is. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of the feedback we're I'm here getting for from you. producers and creators. <laughs> Yeah, and like you guys saw the spot that came or the video that someone put together where they're like every COVID ad is the same. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like what else are you supposed to say right now? I think some well, of those ads were very on brand and and good messaging, and then some of them it's sort of like 
oh, I, I literally don't care what this brand has to well, say right but now. I know, like, why am I getting this email or text? About, right. And I, oh, gosh, but I, emails, also, yeah. I also think that, um, you know, we're in a very a hyper honest world, right? Like all of us are craving this brutal honesty because we need to understand mm-hmm. where we're at with our in life. And mm-hmm. I think that those ads that you mentioned, albeit fantastic, I'm glued to my devices right now. A week and a half of that shit, I want to move on from it. Yeah. Things are moving pretty well, fast. Think, yeah, well, listen, I think that's actually a really good point. Things moving fast. You listen to the the people who ultimately sort of like shift business and culture, which I think is a lot of like venture capitalists and billionaires and, you know, the, the Mark Cubans of the world, the Elon Musk of the world, <laughs> yeah. like these futurists and, and like, you know, I, I don't know. I think we probably all take issue with, with some of their views, but have to realize that like the, a lot of what's coming out of Silicon Valley really pushes the culture and the economy. Right. And what a lot of those thinkers are saying is like, this accelerates everything. Everything is going to move super fast. So work from home gets accelerated. Like right. we probably mm-hmm. don't go back to as, and then that has implications for commercial real estate and robotics gets accelerated. So that has implications for manufacturing. Right. AI gets accelerated. That probably doesn't result in as many job losses, but it shifts who has jobs. Exactly. So you get a lot of churn yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So there are things that are going to move really fast that are going to reshape the economy. And I think that's what they really, when they talk about reshaping the economy, it's not like we're all out there Mad Max style in the desert somewhere or like the road, like <laughs> running from something. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, literally in the desert. Right? Literally in the desert. Um, yeah. Very Mad Max vibes. Yeah. Uh, coming from, from my food. Joshua Tree. Yeah. But it, it's, it's really about like, it, it's acceleration. And so, I mean, geez, what oil is like, what, like negative $40 a barrel right now. Like I think, you know, soon we get to line up and they'll pay us to take the oh. oil back to our garage. I believe is no. how that's going to work. Yeah, yeah. It's evaporating <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm joking, but you know, it's, I think that a lot of these things get, they get accelerated. And, and of course that's going to have a huge impact on our business. So it's going to impact who we're telling stories for, um, how we're producing things. Right. And I think, you know, just you read the New York Times story that came out on Sunday about what the next year looks like, and you realize pretty quickly, like the next year or two until we have prophylactic therapeutics that can protect us from getting this, or we have really right. good therapeutics that can help us w- once we get the disease. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a vaccine, which the fastest vaccine that's ever been produced is the mumps vaccine. It took four years. Four years. So, yeah, you know, we have, I think, our expectations like, are... Yeah, we have a, a lot of things working against us to get back to quote unquote normal. You know, it's interesting. I was, I was listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast last night, and he talks about fear setting. Right. And it's like mm-hmm. you you lay out all these like worst case scenarios of like what could happen if you did X Y Z or things that are out of your control or in your control, and sort of like looking at that. And I think that some type of exercise like that is really necessary for production right now. It's like wow. what if we can only get somewhere between five and 20 people in the same space to make something, you know, 12 months out from now, what does that look like? And I think mm-hmm. the version one of that, I don't know if you guys have seen this video, I'll send it to you. Media Monks has a safe space studio in Miami. It's tabletop and product. It's one director. You know, a lot of the production and camera work on that is computerized anyway. So it's just about programming it in, but it's really light touch. They've got a whole, you know, everything's taped out to right. keep social distancing. Mm. It's choreographed. There's, sterilization protocol and they built all these things in. And, and I think that, you know, some of our production companies are talking to medical professionals. Right. They're talking they to state and local health mm-hmm. officials to say like, okay, so 
legally, what is it? And then from the the doctors, like what's safe, what's not safe, what do we need to worry about? You know, I think that that getting ahead of that and building out plans beyond, you know, version one is like five people, but like what does V two, V three, V four look like where we can get back to telling really cool stories and making beautiful films and, you know, flexing the craft that, you know, all of our creative partners have. So, you know, I think that like mapping that stuff out in our brains and and being imaginative Mm -hmm. is going to be what leads to innovation and leads to getting more people back to work and all those things, because it's going to be, you know, for better or worse, I guess for worse, (laughs) it is going to (laughs) be a very strange next like year or two. And we, we just have to adjust. And like, that that's, you know, that's, that's life. It's not great, but it's the hand we've been dealt and we move on and we move forward and we stay positive and we worry about what we can control. And Ugh, so easy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a, that's an interesting concept. What was it called? Fear? Uh, fear setting. Fear I, I, I believe it's setting. called, maybe I'm getting that wrong. Yeah. So I, I feel like um, somehow we've been doing that Christian between you and I on the show, not knowing <laughs> that the concept. And then I was doing it with Christopher, like when, you know, right. the world started to turn upside down on all these things that we've never even considered are happening. You know, we actually sat down and said, okay, well, let's make a list of other things that sound ridiculous. We can no longer get food. Internet goes out. We lose power. Mm-hmm. And like, just do, we did a quick little plan just so we knew right. what we had to do. And, and it's like, okay, it's good to have to talk about and have it on the table. And I think Christian was saying with us, you know, we've been talking about, okay, well, what does it look like to go back to work? Is this, is this what right. work now looks like? Is this what film production now looks like? Live events? Who knows? But, but um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys didn't need, a, you didn't need a Ted talk to tell you to do that. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> but, but I think we've gone, we've gone through, we've gone through phases of like, oh my God, what do we need to do to fix this right now? Right. That was phase one oh my God, let's talk to everybody and see what's happening. I mean, our initial concept of the show was to find out who's still working and who's not working. How long ago was that? I mean, that's just not even a a topic anymore. And then it's like, okay, well, what does the future look like? You know, we can't fix it. How do we adapt to it? And that's kind of the phases that we've gone through in the show. And and it sounds like that's the instinctual phases that the whole industry has gone through. And you have a really impressive roster at Hustle, a lot of amazing creatives and, and companies involved. And one thing that you said, which I think is poignant, is that clients and brands right now are reaching out to the two or three companies that they know really well, that they trust, and they know can kind of be inventive and turn something around really quickly. So in your mind, what do you think that says to the future of kind of the smaller mid-level companies or the smaller non-union companies? Or I don't know. You know, it's, gosh, I I think that there's probably people who are on those AICP town halls and, mm. you know, own production companies and, and they're, they probably have a much smarter take on that than I do. So I, I don't know if I want to get into the guessing game sure, on that, sure. but I think that what I can speak to is what people should be doing right now in this time, mm-hmm. which is, look, we're not, as salespeople, we're not really going to be able to be in person with people anymore. And that that's such a huge part of what we do. You know, like I think, and you guys, you experience this on a job, like, yeah, you're, you're like doing the work, but you're also like a cruise director, like you're <laughs> yeah. entertaining and showing people a good time and, and right. putting people together and connecting people and, and doing all those things and like oh. building, building communities and, and things. Mm-hmm. And have you seen no, craft sorry, service? Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Like, like craft we did service is dead. No, like, I know. Talk but... about, talk, right. But you're like, like, talk a, about... you're like cruise director is absolutely mm-hmm. spot on, dude. I mean, it's like yeah. a wedding planner. It's like, you know, yeah. so I mean, how do you be a cruise director 
when you know when you everybody's remote. And I think like you guys are doing it with with a podcast. You're bringing people together and you're bringing in different mm. points of view. And I think we have to think about like where do we where do we meet people right now? Like where do you meet people? How do you meet people where they mm. are? And I think that podcasting. I've started a virtual poker game. We play every Thursday. <gasps> night. I started virtual um, blackjack. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, do you have an opening? Yeah, <laughs> I do. We've got to get money? our gambling in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, yeah it's, a, it's like a $40 buy-in. It's, it's, it's like enough to, like, you know, get your blood moving, but not enough that anybody gets too bent out of shape about it. It's yeah, like nice, yeah, yeah. It's a good price point. Nice, <laughs> um, nice. But, um, you know, I think that things like that at, at Hustle, we're developing sort of an interview sit-down series with, with some of our, our creators and, uh, we're running a bunch of pilots on that right now. And, and like everybody, we have seven people at the company. We're all going to be hosting it. That's great. So it's going to be kind of this conglomerate show. And, you know, I, I think that those are like, again, like everything's sort of version one of what we're doing right now. I yeah, know right. a lot of people are doing happy hours and all, so- all sorts of things. But yeah, we have to keep thinking about how we meet people where they are and they're they're at home right now. So we're lucky to have this technology uh, in this time, I Absolutely. suppose. Well, I mean, we would be absolutely absolutely happy to produce that for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got some we got some good solid things going here we're talking to some some really interesting creative platforms too about you know i've got some phone calls actually tomorrow about how we amplify it and Mm -hmm. make it bigger and reach a bigger audience and yeah i think you know shout out to um free the work i mean they've been doing some really cool instagram live interviews with directors and yeah those have been fantastic and i think What's cool is like, I mean, you guys have done a bunch of episodes now. You're like, you're ahead of the curve, but people should just, if they're thinking about doing a podcast or Instagram live or whatever, like just do it. Like if it sucks, people are going to forget about it in five minutes. Well, did you hear um, there's no podcast uh, microphones available through Amazon anymore? Oh, no way. (laughs) No, are you kidding? Swear to God. I've got like an extra, I might have to put this on (laughs) eBay this week. It's extra one that I got kicking around. I mean, I think it was, I I think it's real, but also too, it feels like an onion. So I get it, but I do believe it's real. (laughs) Well, it's it's between that and yeast and toilet paper, you know, oh, you could just build yeast. a new company oh that sells God. those. If I, have to, if I get offered another sourdough, I'm starter. just, I'm like, oh, that I don't need your starter, starter, but it's a thousand years old. <laughs> I don't need your starter. Oh, the old vines. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, <laughs> I want to know. Okay. What would you change about, because, you know, full disclosure here, I've worked with Mike when he was an EP, and so I've worked with Mike in both aspects, and I would like to know what you would change about production moving forward. So I think I would change a little bit about how much we have access to the client beforehand to manage those expectations, but that's something that's Mm. way, you know... I mean, or would you? That's like, yeah, that's 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 a that's a uh, that's like really wading into the politics. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel you on you that. Know what he, you have no idea how many times that I've had a client pull me specifically aside and said, "Wow, if I would have known that a week ago, we would have done the mm-hmm. easier option." I'm like, mm, I'm sorry, I don't want to step between you and your entire ad agency. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, your well, I, department. I, I'm just, you know, letting you practically know what is possible. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's interesting you say that because I think as in my experience in producing and look, uh, I'd say that like the degree of difficulty of almost every job that I EP'd was <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> so, 
you could just like, <laughs> we never had enough money. It was always some weird ask. And it was never like a cut and dry, like, oh yeah, we just got two people talking together. There's a, there's one location, there's right. a product, like no. go for it. It was always like hitting cameras and just <laughs> yeah, crazy. Please send me, send me uh, that job when it comes. <laughs> yeah. So I think that like, I spent a lot of my time, like, yeah, it's like expectations. You're like oh. trying to like mm. mitigate disasters nonstop. And for us, the thing that I would love to see is I think people who want to do more, more daring work. And I think maybe we yes. come out of this with clients and agencies sort of stripping away some of the fear. I feel like all stakeholders actually would prefer yes. that. And practical, I, I know, weird. I know that like people who work at advertising agencies do not want to do boring work. Like yeah. they want to do exciting, mm-hmm. daring work that moves the needle and is culturally relevant and all those things. And I think that a lot of people at brands do as well. But if everybody could understand how you get there, which which in my mind is you hire a creative leader, which is oftentimes the director, mm-hmm. and you let them do their thing. Otherwise, I mean, there's no point in hiring that type of yeah. director if you're just going to sort of tell them what to do and, uh, and dictate mm. those things. So there's so many reasons why that doesn't happen. Right. But when it does, that is when you get a magical it, it is. piece of content. And that's been a longstanding issue with the industry as you hire the director and then you kind of, you know, force them down, just do this very uh. safe thing, even though our initial creative was amazing. I'm hoping that maybe this now is an opportunity because we do have such restrictions on how we produce work now that maybe those restrictions will help open up the creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and maybe I'm looking at this as like a, a bit emotionally, but I think we all what are. Good is, are what, yeah, yeah, of course. So like, excuse me, brand marketer listening, who's like, yeah, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? But like, <laughs> you don't get like the letters, man. You can start. They can start their own podcast. So exactly. go ahead. You don't yeah. get the letters. <laughs> but but like, what what good are all, all those? careful commercials doing anybody right now and nothing and i think when you look at like brands that take risks and get out there and Mm -hmm. and talk about their core values and look i'm as frustrated as anybody the fact that we have to look to brands for like moral or ethical leadership or any sort of like compass on how to exist as humans but that is a little bit the world we live in and i I think there are people who are in leadership these places that, that do care and do have good thoughts and good visions for what society can look like and Maybe that doesn't fit into like how a dish soap sells itself, but there are certainly like important products out there that can take that message. I think Nike's been really great at that. Everybody knows that. Obviously, there's some marketing math that has to be done and Mm -hmm. and you got to like look at the bottom line because it's that's what they do. But I do think maybe we come out of this with maybe some brand marketers just being like, fuck it, we need to like shift the paradigm of what our marketing messaging means and how we're talking about that. Even Mark Cuban, who like, did a great in- interview with Kara Swisher this week. You know, it's just talking about like how we need to, sh- to shift our priorities. And, and you hear him literally talking about like progressive political policy. And like Mark Cuban is a Republican Definitely, and he's yes. talking about things like the social safety net and he's talking about raising minimum wage and, and these things. And there, I think there's a realization that like if you let the bottom of the economy fall out and you let 50, 60, 70% of people be half a paycheck away from Medicaid and food stamps and and quite frankly, like a lot of the population's already there, then like you don't have anybody to buy your products. You don't have mm-hmm. anybody to fill your stadiums and, and whatever it might be. And so you can't be trickled down. You gotta look at this as bottom yes, up. Yes, we should be looking at it from bottom up. But it's as much as we have changed our thinking in the last month, I feel like changing our entire uh, way of thinking for everybody is going to be a little bit slower and brands could take the lead on that. Bottom up is so important right now. The three of Mm -hmm. us are able to stay home 
Mm -hmm. because there's an essential worker out there right now doing the things for us, like bringing us our groceries or whatever it is. And that person is a person of color the majority of the time. And Mm -hmm. that person also needs to work. And there's a good chance they come from a, a, a place where like there hasn't been money put into their communities or their schools or a number of things mm-hmm. that have led them to be more predisposed to being one of the fatalities of, of COVID-19. I mean, what you're saying is like it is the bright light that's been shined on inequality. Right. Exactly. And it's not enough to say thank you. No. Like it's just, oh. it's just not. Like, 7 p.m. everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, and do that's that. Great. But I also. Think, look, we, yes. Yeah, I think the emotional thing in the community, you're right. Yeah, put your money there too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I heard somebody, some healthcare worker respond to it and said that I love it. I love hearing those applause. It's great. But Mm -hmm. what I really need, my own healthcare. You know, I don't have healthcare. It was like Mm -hmm. a paramedics person. Oh, yeah. I don't have healthcare. Yeah. I barely make enough money to pay my rent. There's other things that I need. The the applause are nice and thank you, but there's some bigger issues uh, right now. Starting salary for an EMS worker in New York City is $35,000. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like that's that's below the poverty line in New York City. For New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And you're asking someone right now to go out and risk their life. Yep. And, not, and not just risk their life, but their mental well-being. You know, these people are seeing, you know, a dozen cardiac arrests a day. And it's just, they don't even have time to recover and process it. No. And, and you know, I think that you extrapolate that out to, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's talk offline. <laughs> well, but, this, but, you can, but you can see how you, you, it becomes a, not only a, we're obviously in a public health emergency mm-hmm. and, Without basically unprecedented restrictions and a complete shutting down of the economy almost, that's the only way to tackle this and not overwhelm the system. Mm -hmm. That doesn't just create a healthcare issue. Eventually, it creates a national security issue. It's all intertwined. I guess taking it back to production and the world at large, like we are going to come out of this eventually and we're going to be able to touch each other, which is really exciting, oh, I think. My favorite thing. <laughs> and we're going to be able to like be around each other without masks on. And and that's really cool. Like we will get out of this and things will feel normal in a lot of ways. We'll go back to school and restaurants and playgrounds mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. theaters and games and all that stuff. But it, it's going to change us and it's going to, it's going to reprioritize things yeah. and, it, and it has to shift capital. And if people don't remember those things and, we're just going to end up right back where we were again. Wow, Lawrence, that was part one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just so, just so you, just so you know, guys, part two is going to be just as riveting. <laughs> yes, and we're going to put that on tomorrow, Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. All right. Well, that was a great show. Ah. Uh... Yeah, that was amazing. So this show was edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our amazing and beautiful unused music was composed by <laughs> Kyle Puccia. I'm determined to find another track and maybe start bringing some music back into mm, the podcast. We'll I, see. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and please, please stay home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Here's a new one, folks. Clean your damn phone. Uh-huh. And please, if you're going outside, wear a mask. Be sure to send us your voice recordings and emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. We love hearing from you and we love to hear your stories. Lawrence, how can people reach you? You can get me at lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get all of you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. 
Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.